0: WeMakeTheFunny.com presents Let's Chat Comedy Hosted by K.L. Thomas Welcome back to Let's Chat Comedy I'm chilling with Paul Valenti One of my favorite people here in New York City Love him to death And we're going to talk about his new show That's going to Edinburgh The Long, Miserable Journey to Happiness Say hello to the world, Paul
1: Hello, world Thank you for having me, Kale.
0: So, Paul, you have been to Edinburgh before in 2011, and you were there with the Chris and Paul Show, which is a duo that you started here in New York about, I don't know, maybe 10 years back, We could say? Uh,
1: yeah, we've been actually been working together for longer than that. We met in 99, and uh, we've been working together for, oh my gosh, probably, good, I would say a good solid 15 years.
0: And you guys headed out there, and you actually got uh, critical acclaim for your show for best newcomers. And after that, um, that taste of what Envera was all about—did you know you're going to go back as a solo after that experience?
1: I had no idea I was going back. Um, when we went in 2011, I had no idea we were going to go back in 2012. <laughs> uh, just, but they asked us, they we would like you back. We're going to try to get you guys out there more and. It was a great experience. Uh, I think the the first experience was better because it was so unknown to us. Um, the second year, um, we just got a lot of stuff thrown at us, so we, and we didn't know what to do with it. Uh, the best thing that came out of it was Chris got Book of Mormon. And then while he's gone, I was able to start writing my solo stuff, and that's when the idea settled in and go, well, if, I, if I'm not able to go back with the Chris and Paul show, just yet, maybe I can take something solo there, and so I started developing that around 2000, uh, late 2013, early 14.
0: For those who don't know who the Chris and Paul show, it was a comedy duo here in New York that actually uh, you guys won quite a bit of festivals and um, very popular, sold out shows, very vaudeville style. And you know, you in your press release for your show that's going to Edinburgh. You say that, you know, Laurel and Hardy and Buster Keaton style. When I met you and saw the Chris and Paul show, you've always had like that Sid Caesar kind of thing going on. And I thought maybe it was just the way because you guys were a duo. But then as you were going on solo here in New York City, performing like at Sketch Block and other places like the Pit, UCB, you seem to carry that physical comedy and silence. And, um... Was that something that just, like, enamored you as a child? And that's why you brought it over as an adult in comedy?
1: Yeah. So, I do say Laurel and Hardy and Buster Keaton. Those are, right now, very influenced that I've been watching a lot the last couple years. But, yeah, Sid Caesar was a huge part. Uh, I I started watching the Three Stooges in second grade because I wanted to be cool. I was sitting next to a friend of mine uh, at the time. I still know him. We're Facebook friends now. This kid, Pino Soro. And one of the first things I remember him asking me, he goes, hey, do you watch The Three Stooges? And I looked him straight in the eye and lied, yes. <laughs> but I moved, so I don't know what channel they're on. Can you tell me? So he told me the channel, and I got home the next day. Uh, well, the next morning, I said, "Mom," or I said, Mom, wake me up for the next morning. I want to watch The Three Stooges. So she was more than happy waking me up because she knows I don't like to wake up for school. But I woke up for this because I wanted to fit in. I was blown away. It was actually a Shemp one, but I still I still loved it. So our friendship bonded over to the Three Stooges, and uh, he was Mo and I was Larry. And then I discovered Curly, and I go, well, oh, I want to be Curly now. Uh, so I knew uh, Laurel Hardy, Hardy... Um, I knew of Abba Costello. I only knew a little bit of Laurel Hardy because Babes and Toyland was a big thing. And then um, Three Stooges. And then a few years later, I did a, uh, I was in a show, and someone says, Oh, you have timing. This is like probably just after high school. You have timing, like Sid Caesar. I'm like, who's, who's Sid Caesar? And the guy looked at me and goes, Oh, you'd need to see this guy. So we, after a cast party, he showed me some VHS tapes. <laughs> of of, of you're so old <laughs> ah, oh boy uh, i i don't feel it. as physical as i am i'm very lucky i don 't feel as I do a lot of stretching and luckily i, I try to be safe but yeah I, I i i wish my uh I wish I was as wise as my age because um, maybe i wouldn't be doing as physical stuff <laughs> um, I may feel it in about twenty years, but i 'm okay right now uh so what uh, what I was saying what, what was I saying I was saying that uh, you discover Sid Caesar when I discover Sid Caesar I go oh there's a whole world out there that I didn't know and that's when I started doing you know Buster Keaton Harold Lord yeah a little bit of Charlie Chaplin I heard already um, all these great comedians Martha Ray which blew my mind everyone knew uh, Lucy uh, Lucille Ball but before Lucille Ball there was uh, a wonderful comedian physical comedian Martha Ray and if anyone uh, likes Lu- Lucille Ball, uh, watch Martha Ray. Incredible.
0: I discovered her, I think, uh, when I first got to New York. Someone mentioned her, and I YouTubed her, and I was blown away. Yeah. Love her.
1: Yeah. Um, also, with Sid Caesar, Evangene Coca. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. yes. yeah. She's incredible. Um, so uh, I noticed uh, the physicality that I really... Uh, I really took that in and I started uh, when I started working in, in corporate offices um, I was never much of a joke teller but I was very much a vis- uh, I like doing funny things visual and I can quickly do that so working in the mail room I would walk by the admins and I would do something like carry a bunch of empty boxes as I'm uh, doing the paper because I, I, my job was so mundane I had to do something about it And so I would walk with like three or four boxes, and I would fall, and the boxes would go all over the place. And the admins appreciated it. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of saying something like, hey, how you doing? And with a joke, I would just visually do something, and they would get a kick out of that. Um.
0: um, Chilling with Paul Valenti, talking about uh, his show that he's gearing up for Edinburgh, The Long, Miserable Journey to Happiness, and what influences him with his comedy of the past. Um, Paul... When you were starting to do improv here in New York and learning about sketch, and you started bringing in all the physical things that you learned and all the people that you watched, um, did you find it refreshing that the audience, even though how young they can be, totally were on board with this old style of comedy?
1: Yeah, because I I, uh, I wasn't surprised because I, I really think it's funny how I. A young girl who doesn't know And I feel like I'm getting away with something <laughs> And <laughs> like Well you're doing this great things, No one's ever done before I'm like well people have been doing it A hundred years ago <laughs> uh, But I definitely would tell them No no you have to see Buster Keaton You have to see Sid Caesar You have to see Laurel Hardy These are people that definitely inspire me And I have my own take on it um, And the work ethic behind What, what they do it, we're, uh, They work clean it wasn't mean spirited it was all in uh just a struggle and i've seen all these comedians struggle and that's and for me that's funny when even when you know something like uh i go open the refrigerator door and something falls out and you know it, it gets messy and i get i get mad but then you can look back at it and it's funny because it's just it's just something that we all, you know, everyone always has a struggle with, you know, something little like that. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't great stakes, uh, but it was something that was just simple and they made it impossible. Like there's a great scene where Laurel and Hardy, um, push a piano up the stairs where there's probably 14 different ways to do that easily, but they chose to take the stairs. Um, and that's going to my show. I'm struggling to do these bits that I may not, my character may not 100% know what to do, but it's the struggle of him trying to make people happy. So it's this long, miserable journey in happiness. Uh, comedy is a very, very hard thing. And you have to be, you have to be a little bit uh, crazy to think you're just going to go on stage and make people laugh. Uh I mean, it's, 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 well, I've met so many comedians and they go on stage and like, ugh, you know, coming up. And I'm sure people cringe at our, 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 my stuff, and I'm Chris and Paul, we we were cringing at our stuff. It it just takes a a lot of work to to do something. So I wanted to show that struggle uh, through my character.
0: Let's dive more into your character. This is like a nearly silent 60-minute performance that you're going to be um, at Edinburgh with, and it's a free show, correct?
1: Yes, it's part of the free fringe. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris and I did the, the the other fringe, and there's a lot more fees attached to <laughs> that and a lot more expensive, <laughs> and since I'm going alone and I don't have the backer I, did, I had last time, I figure this might be a little bit away, and also I'm doing crowdfunding to help me go but now I'm taking all the knowledge that, I'd, that I learned for that two years and then uh, things I've learned over the last few years uh, to apply to this uh, run in Edinburgh and hopefully get a run out there somewhere, whether it be somewhere in Europe, UK, or you know, I'd love to do something in Germany or France and wherever, wherever they'll take me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where a little bit of horrors like, you want me? I'm there. Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about it. The long, miserable journey into happiness. Dive a little bit more into your character and what people can expect.
1: So this is uh, an extended version of me. Just like the Chris and Paul show. Where we're playing extended versions of ourselves. Um, so I got the idea this years ago. I remember sitting in the mailroom and I worked a late shift. So I was always alone. And when I had nothing to do, I would... Start playing with a, a, a can of soda, and I don't remember. I don't remember what exactly I did, but I go, "Oh, this is this is interesting." What if someone watched me do this? But if I struggle with it, so I started, i now I'm by myself. It's like seven thirty, <laughs> and, and at night, uh, I'm, you know, there's a waiting for a printer to finish a, a copy of some of some, uh, you know, PowerPoint. And I started playing with the soda can, trying to open it up and I'm struggling with it, but I'm playing with myself. Like I can really open it if I, Mm -hmm. if I tried and I, I laughed at myself. Oh, this is kind of funny. And so I didn't know what to do with that. Um, and then when I, when I met Chris, I go, Hey, I had this kind of, you know, this, this idea of just doing something instead of saying something. And he latched onto that. So now, fast forward uh, <clears throat> 20 <clears throat> years later <laughs> um, You look
0: like you're 19 don't worry about it.
1: Thank you very much <laughs> I feel like I, I've definitely honed that and now I'm just picking situations to perform and struggle uh, so my character uh, desperately wants to make people happy and I, uh, in my show I have this uh, small whiteboard and it's a picture of a of a happy face and a picture of a sad face and in between that is a little um a magnet a little dot magnet and i and as the audience is is um as the audience is watching the show uh, I gauge them and say are you are you happy you sad right now so if I do a bit and 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 I get a big laugh, I'm going to move it. But if they get a, a semi-laugh, I'm going to recognize that. And I go, oh, so you guys don't like it. You know, I know they're going to see that. Uh, I have a bit where I do a car trick. And you see me struggle with a card trick. Um, and the audience sees what's going on, but the person on stage, because it's also um, audience interactive, the the person on stage doesn't know what's going on. But the, the people that are watching see me struggle. Uh, so stuff like that. And... Uh, yeah, I'm trying to, and just, just trying to be successful, and it's, it's hard to be successful in the, in, the, in the comedy business. And the only thing, we, we just want to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Why not? We're clowns. This is what we do. We make people laugh.
0: You almost sound like a sad clown, but you're not aware
1: of how sad you are. <laughs> I wouldn't say a sad clown. Um, naive maybe yeah that sounds better yeah yeah cuz i always have a smile on my face it's maybe. always that i have the intention of of making uh of of making someone happy and uh, and 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 the intention of doing something good uh it's if, if i hold on to this phrase my dad said this years ago and i and i hung on to it because I go oh wow that's really that's really uh something a character that'd be a great character flaw where his his dad years ago said and i think my dad probably uh <laughs> held on to this and should uh seek therapy but his dad said to him years ago uh paul you have great intentions but you can never deliver I know, I know,, uh, and I feel so bad that my you know my dad had to hear that, and this is coming from a uh, from a man who was adopted also so it is, your dad 's uh, awesome too <laughs> I love my dad and 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 so much of the crap I hear, I go, oh my gosh that's that 's a character so i 've actually taken real life stories um, from my, some of my father 's struggles. And apply them to my comedy. Uh, So, uh, you know, I'll pay a little homage to to Papa P. Um, Yeah, so my character is like, I have these great intentions, and sometimes I'm not going to deliver, and it's going to fail, and I'm going to fail big. Uh, And I'm hoping it laughs, you know, and I'm sure I will because, like I said, I've been doing this for two and a half years of trying to figure out all these bits, and uh, some of them land really well. Uh, I used to call it my show because I didn't know what to call it. I go, this is my show. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've probably done maybe 40 to 50 bits and then I just honed uh, several of them down uh, to this show the ones that work the best
0: what I love about you Paul because we've known each other for a long time we've worked together for a really long time Um, hell we did a show together for a while
1: we did we had sketch block
0: what I love about you Paul is that you are unafraid to take something even if it's not edited down and put it in front of an audience and play with it. Kind of like a cat playing with a toy almost. And you never belittle a space. You're always always happy to go anywhere in the city to perform, big or small venue. And I love that about you. And also that, you know, as you do this for a long time, you make relationships. Sometimes you break relationships because you know, artists can be hard to work with. (laughs) It just seems like everyone loves you and keeps wanting to work with you and always welcome you back regardless of whatever it may be. What is that? What is that work ethic and where does it come from?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I'm, I'm very blessed and lucky that people like me, um, uh, someone once told me I have a magnetic personality. You do. So I just (laughs) went with that. Um, Uh, I I don't I I just it doesn't take much to be nice and maybe it's a flaw I have but I try to see the best in everyone Um, someone says oh that person's a real dick I'm like are they I mean what's behind that why are they dick or why are they why do they act a certain way and people right away right off yeah screw them I'm not gonna bother with them um I know people that And I mean, I try to stay friendly with everybody or keep in touch with everyone. But I I know several people um, in my life that I've heard like, oh, I don't like that person because of this, this and this. And I would be able to say, well, how much do you know them? And I go, well, you know, know, I I know them because of this show or whatever. I'm like, take them outside of that because um, I I don't I, I don't. You, you don't get a full understanding of who they are until you really sit down and talk to somebody. So that's why I'm big on doing lunches. Hey, let's get together. Let's have some fun. Let's talk. Let's just not talk about business. Let's just talk. Um, but there are people that I met that I won't talk to again <laughs> because I, g- I gave them the benefit of doubt. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't. It's not a good. It's not a good energy. So, but for the most part, I always give people the benefit of the doubt,
0: which is great. I mean. you always say thank you. You always are polite, which is always awesome. Um, Even when we used to work on SketchBlock together, I'd be crazy because I'm like, the doors are going to open in five minutes. You're like, thanks, guys. I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks, guys.
1: (laughs) Um, I have to give a a big shout out to my very first uh, teacher, Susie Lynch. Actually, I just talked to her a couple days ago. She's probably the most loveliest people I ever met. And she told Chris and I years ago, one of the first things she said, when you are in this business, there is two things you have to be nice and professional, and that stuck with me. So, yeah, I am being professional, but at the same time, um, you you want to be nicely, you want to be nice, uh, nicely professional. Like people are professional and they're shrewd, um, and it's a it's a it's a it's a balance because sometimes you do things that may not sit well with someone else. Um, I don't want to be apologetic, which I used to do a lot, but I just say, Hey, you know what? This is not working and maybe we can figure out something else. Um, but I would never, ever try to, you know, backstab backhand me. or backstab. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everything I say, if I have a problem with somebody, uh, I'll just, say, Hey, this is not working or I don't like this or uh, I feel like that this is not good or I'll just you know, separate myself. But, yeah, nice and professional, and thank you, Susie Lynch, for just putting that in me, because that's one of the first things I've learned, and I've taken that with me for the last 20 years.
0: (laughs) You also do that with uh, venues, too, I've noticed. You've always been polite, even if the venue is um, (laughs) interesting. Uh, We've performed in some interesting (laughs) spots in New York City, but you've always been like, Oh, I can work with this. You always found a way to work with a venue, and I appreciate that. I'm sure other people do.
1: Yeah, there was a, a um, <laughs> there was a, a a venue that we both know uh, that's on the Upper West Side, and uh, oh, <laughs> um, I don't care to mention their name. <clears throat> um, the, the, the club's fine; it's it's Broadway Comic Club. But <laughs> that venue, <laughs> that venue was a nice venue, and I was always appreciative of getting space anywhere. Um, and I had issues with with, uh, with one of the people there, but again, gave, uh, gave this person the benefit of the doubt. And when we worked with them a second time, I was still being professional and nice, and they ignored me. So I went about my business. Unfortunately, things uh, unfolded in a bad um, moment, but we learned something from that. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to work there again Uh, i feel like that's there's other things that i can do instead of hanging on to it just move go on but i would never uh i'm not gonna trash them i i I said my piece to these people and that's it um so i hope that people do get to work at broadway comic club and i hope they get, get success there because any venue we need venues. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to express your art. So by all means, uh, work anywhere you can. Just just uh, if you're meeting someone that's not your cup of tea, just eventually you're, you're going to move on. So just I, I would say that.
0: I think I I remember that moment, actually. Mm-hmm. We've known each other for a long time. And you're right. I mean, I've worked in many spaces and worked with people that Sometimes that happens, and good for them if they have success. Chilling with Paul Valenti here in New York City at at a bookstore, talking (laughs) about the long, miserable journey to happiness, um, how he went to Edinburgh the first time, and now he's coming back as a solo with this fabulous show. And, Paul, if people in the city want to come and just check you out, because you're not going until August to do this, um, we know that you perform at sketch blog. You also perform Fallon tonight with Adam Hamway.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, where else could they see you?
1: Everything's going to be in my website, paulievalenti.com com. P A U L I E V A L E N T I. So people get a chance to, to see me. Also those ticket sales, half the ticket sales will be going to, uh, my, my fundraiser. So I'm always looking to, uh, to put something live. I love live stuff. Um, and I'll be posting stuff momentarily. Well, I just I just launched my website, so I'll be posting stuff on my website. But I have several things coming up in the next month.
0: Yeah, and you have a GoFundMe account right now um, to help you get to Edinburgh. Can you tell us a little bit about that before we let you go?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a uh, fundraiser, which I feel very weird doing. Because this is, I've never done this before, I've always been very supportive, and I think artists need this. I think it's very important that artists have this platform. I I, I praise Indiegogo, Kickstarter, um, GoFundMe. Um, it's a way for artists to to uh, get their uh, get their word out. Um, as I'm, I feel like um, I feel like. It's it's not I don't say the only way, but I think it's the the best way to do it and help someone get to the next level. And uh, I'm I'm very grateful that I have such uh, f- amazing people in my life that I met over the years. And uh, I want to show them a gratitude and hopefully put on a show that they'll enjoy. And, and you know if, if if they don't enjoy, then you don't have to donate. <laughs>
0: Where do they go to donate, and how how long will it be up there for?
1: Um, I'm gonna have it up until I leave. It's uh, send Paul to Edinburgh. If you go to GoFundMe, and um, <clears throat> uh, I'll be posting it uh, on my on my Facebook and and my my website, so uh, people can find it there. Uh, but if you search uh, sending send Paul to Edinburgh and the GoFundMe, you'll find it.
0: Great. And now when you're in Edinburgh and there's people that are going to the festival, where can they see your show?
1: It's going to be at the Laughing Horse. uh, And the Laughing Horse has a venue called the Golf Tavern, which is uh, 30-31 Wright's House in Edinburgh. uh, EH104HR. That means nothing right now to America. They're like, I don't know. I don't know where this is. But if anyone's listening in in, in Scotland or the UK, um, it's at the Golf Tavern. It's a new it's a new space. Uh, I'm very excited about this space. It's it's I think it, it fits my show perfectly. Um, so yeah, if anyone's going to just visit, I actually have a few people that are going to be out there, that are that are going to be in the UK or Scotland. So uh, tell people about it. Uh, if if you do come see my show and you like it, please tell people about it. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, let me uh, let me make you uh, let me make you happy. Let me put a smile on your face.
0: Yeah. So if you want to see Paul here in New York City, check out his website so you can catch the next the Chris and Paul show. You can see him at Sketchblock or Fallon Tonight, which usually is at the Pit. And if you're in Edinburgh performing or just going to the festival, check him out at the Golf Tavern.
1: Um, one last thing I would like to say: uh, if I've been workshopping this for the last two and a half years. And uh, uh, Chris O'Neill, uh, who I've been working with for the Chris and Paul Show, actually helped me develop some of these bits. So uh, thank you to Chris O'Neill. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Jonathan Smith, who's been taking some of my pictures, and he's been help- helpful with some of the bits, and uh, Carl Tiedemann, who helped us with the Chris and Paul Show, and he's helped me um, uh, kind of uh, put tweak uh, some of my bits. So I've been very blessed to work with some Pretty cool people. I hope I'm not forgetting anybody right now, but uh, I will thank them when the time comes. And I go, oh yeah, I forgot to thank them, and and I'll post it.
0: Go check out the funniest, kindest man you'll meet in comedy. Thanks.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening to Let's Chat Comedy
0: presented by WeMakeTheFunny.com. You could follow WeMakeTheFunny.com on Twitter at WeMakeTheFunny, and check out the website WeMakeTheFunny.com and sign up for our laugh letter. That's right, it's the newsletter but we call it the Laugh Letter. It's hilarious.